What is good, everyone? You could be anywhere else in the world, but you're here with us. I'm Shane Gillistone from Rock Solid Coaching. My Instagram handle is at Pocket PT Pro, and my co-host George Wilson, the Lord from London, Flex Success. His Instagram handle Flex Coach underscore Gerd. Uh, George, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'll, I'll start that again. I'll edit that one. That's all good. Now roll with it. We're here. We're here now. <laughs> all right. Hey, um, for those who have just started uh, tuning in with us or watching us on YouTube, um, we're both online physique coaches. Um, we specialize in the field of body enhancement and competitive bodybuilding. We are both bodybuilders ourselves. We have been through it, done it, tried it, and tested it. And we're here to give you guys the knowledge that we have learned and want to pass on to you. So we're here to keep it real talk about real shit raising those topics that you might think are a bit taboo or a bit how you going so legends we appreciate your support so please like subscribe comment share this podcast for us anyway we can get it out and about and help us grow uh in this episode um we talk about the use of female contraception and its effects on estrogen particularly as it relates to physique competitors uh the female contraception is a topic that affects millions of women worldwide. Uh, and it's a critical tool in the family planning and reproductive health. However, uh, many women are concerned about the potential side effects of the contraceptive use, particularly those related to hormone changes and the effects on the body. Uh, today, we'll be discussing the latest research on this topic and exploring the potential implications for female athletes and physique competitors. So George, firstly, let's start by discussing different types of female contraception available out there man so the most common forms of female contraception are hormonal uh, which work by preventing ovulation or the release of the egg from the ovaries so hormonal contraception includes options like the pill the patch uh, or the injectable or implant uh, implant that goes in the arm uh, but there are obviously other non-hormonal options available like the traditional you know using a condom hey because people i don't think people even know what that is anymore these days nah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah i understand they're pretty pointless invention anyway <laughs> um, the uh copper coil as well so the copper the copper iud uh, insertion so that acts very differently to hormonal um modification of hormones in a way that it will then stop the egg from then passing through into the womb to actually translate or project progress into something from there into pregnancy yeah i think uh, like one of the primary concerns about the hormonal concept is its effect on estrogen levels in the body mm -hmm. uh, estrogen is a hormone that plays a critical role in the development and maintenance of females reproductive organs uh, as well as regulating the menstrual cycle uh, however, high levels of estrogen have also been linked to an increased risk of breast cancer, among other health concerns. Um, research has shown that the hormonal contraception can increase estrogen levels in the body, particularly in the first few months of use. Um, a study published in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism found that women using hormonal contraception had significantly higher levels of estradiol, uh, a form of estrogen, um, compared to women using non-hormonal contraception. Uh, the study found um, the, the yeah the study found that estrogen levels decrease over time uh, with continued use of the hormonal contraception, but still remain higher than in non-hormonal contraceptive users. So, George, what does this mean for a female athlete uh, and physique competitors? 
I mean, firstly, let's just uh, draw back to one of the statements there within the studies uh, about the effects and increased risk of breast cancer. Now, um, yes. note for uh, people listening that taking HRT or any kind of birth control isn't going to give you cancer. It's not going to cause a cancerous mutation that can happen from any cell mutation or cell proliferation in the body. It doesn't necessarily have to come from, it's not, it's not saying that the estrogen's driving that effect, but the causality here when they look at this is females who have cancerous tumors will see accelerated cell growth if they are using HRT or birth control. So if it's so similar to how it works with males and cancer, if a male is using enhancements or hormones, pro-hormones, it will accelerate the cancer tumor growth, but it doesn't cause it in the first interaction. That can happen from any cell proliferation and mutation happening at any point within the body, but it will speed up that process. So just some, some thoughts to bear in mind there. And also why you'll see that uh, typically females that have gone through some kind of cancer, I mean, my mom's a prime example of this, breast cancer and uh, womb cancer as well. Now she can't have HRT with estrogen-mediated uh, birth, uh, birth control being the same thing as what they would use in HRT, just an estrogen replacement or a progesterone replacement because the potential of any lingering tumors anywhere else in the body. We don't want to see that growth rapidly accelerate or anything like that. So it's just something, some food for thought there, just to remember and bear in mind if you, you do come across this, something to address. And the really reason... Point. Really good point, thanks, <laughs> Yeah, so there was to clear up with the cancer conversation because it usually scares people from making the decision, but they just need to understand it's not doing it, but it could make it worse. Um, now, coming back into like the, the types of birth control we have. So when we look at the actual forms of what this thing is replacing, so we're trying to replace estrogen and progesterone. Now, the compounds in these birth control tablets are not estrogen or progesterone or up until recently in like the later generations of birth controls, they haven't been anyway, right? They've been using uh, ethanol, uh, ethanol estradiol, which is a synthetic form of estrogen, which is also way more potent than normal natural produ produced E2 estrogen in the body, in the female body, which is why you're seeing these typical incredible spikes in estrogen levels and things in tests and in studies when they go through HRT, because it's not like plausible directly um, sit, uh, genetically synergistic uh, estrogen it is a synthetic version of it so it has a slightly different response at the receptor sites at the cells in the body where e2 would normally send its signal and in a similar fashion with the progesterone side of the equation when we look at these birth controls the progesterone uh, synthetic progesterone is called a progestin and there are all different types of progestins this is where things get a little bit more complicated because of the nature of where progesterone or the synthetic progestin combine to on those four typical receptors in the body being the progesterone receptor androgen receptor uh, cortisol receptor and cortisol receptor and the mineral corticoid receptor different progestins have a different binding affinity to either or part of that spectrum of four options there and so finding the right one it's going to be very dependent on a lot of different variabilities person to person. So just because someone recommends a birth control that they're on doesn't necessarily mean it's going to apply to you. Genetic individuality always has to be considered and, and thought about. Um, but again, so the progestin side of things, there's been so many different generations running through these synthetic progestins as we got to. Eventually, we have got to now the latter generations where they have got a progesterone derivative derived drug now that's not a synthetic progestin. Um, so it has obviously moved forward quite, quite a lot from there. Um, so drawing back to your question now, Shane, apologies for the little tangent there. Right? No, no, it's all right. It's, it's, it's here for the people. So we want to make this clear as it's beautiful. Uh, so, yeah, so estrogen, when then we think how that correlates and reflects on female athletes. <clears throat> so estrogen plays a critical role in quite a lot of health processes within the body. So specifically thinking about bone mineral density, uh, regulation of um, genomic and non-genomic signaling to the heart to maintain homeostasis, brain uh, neurotoxicity and controlling keeping uh, functioning operation and neuro, uh, neurological connections in the brain, 
renal uh, health, so kidney and liver health, uh, as well as heaps of other benefits uh, within the sexual function, of course, within the human body. Um, so a few of these are particularly important for athletes, specifically thinking about the bone mineral density change and then the significant strain and impact then on on the, the uh, skeletal structure of the individual over time, pushing themselves through aggressive training, quite a lot of weight lifted, depending on what sport or whether they're, you know, a physique competitor or a power lifter, for example, that's a lot of stress with the joints, thinking about wear and tear through, you know, arthritic conditions uh, becoming more apparent later on down the line, uh, things like osteoarthritis, osteoporosis, all things that, you know, athletes and trainee individuals are going to want to try to avoid. Uh, and then, of course, we have to then think about the heart risk, brain risk, kidney risk that would apply to anyone in this situation, not just obviously physique competitors. Um, so high levels of estrogen in a competitor can it lead to weight gain. Now, it's important to understand here when we look at what estrogen does in the female body, when we've addressed this in the menstrual cycle. Now, in the early follicular phase, mid and late follicular phase, when estrogen is more dominant, the female respective response in fluid retained is usually a lot better, right? So we see this improvement of fluid retained in space, a better insulin sensitivity, nutrient partitioning all improves, et cetera, et cetera, like we've visited before. So higher estrogen is somewhat positive for fluid balance and fluid displacement. Now, when we start to cross, there's, there's almost like this inverted bell curve on this graph here, where too much would then elicit a negative somewhat response in the physique. But it doesn't necessarily come from estrogen driving in that fluid retention. It now comes from the disparity in the imbalance in the hormonal profile and the physique, pulling in stress, causing cortisol, aldosterone receptor interference that pulls fluid in. But in, in, in essence, if there is a skew in the hormonal profile and a too higher level in one respect of the ratio, there's a potential then to see that stress-mediated response in the physique that could pull in a lot of water, fluid retention. And as a physique competitor, trying to track this over time with visual look coming into stage, it's going to skew what you're seeing, the illusion of body fat coming off, what's being replaced with fluid, and it makes things a lot harder to judge as you go through. Uh, so obviously that can be very detrimental for a physique competitor. They're trying to maintain a lean physique, trying to keep that compositional shift for their coach so they can keep an eye on how things are transitioning. Uh, but it's also worth noting uh, with the different types of hormonal modifications, there are specific effects on estrogen and the effects then can vary between different types from generation to generation. So we've addressed through the progesterone side of the equation, um, looking at the uh, mini pill more side of the equation. So just the progesterone pill form. Um, but then obviously the consideration there between an estrogen only pill or a progesterone only pill, of course, progesterone is going to have a much lesser effect or change to the estrogen levels in the physique. Uh, this is also seen between combination pills of estrogen and progesterone. There's a less, a less drastic effect on the uh, estrogen profile on the individual when you use a combination pill as opposed to uh, just using a solo derived pill, just estrogen, synthetic estrogen or synthetic progestin there. Um, so another factor to consider is the timing of the contraceptive use in relation to competition or training. So very applicable to our athletes and competitors. Now, some women may choose to cycle off their hormonal contraception prior to competition in order to minimize any potential impact on displacement of fluid change in the typical hormonal fluctuations where you're running that, say, um, monthly cycle, like they've used to imitate the menstrual cycle. So the perfect example would be something that I'm doing with a, a contest prep client right now, actually, at the moment, uh, where we are now looking to change the progesterone input. She is an enhanced individual. So we're taking out that progesterone input, uh, replacing it with asynthetic progestin, but obviously running along her enhancements of Trembolone here. So using asynthetic progestin to replace that part of the equation, and then obviously skewing her into a, a more androgen dominant environment. But this is the kind of goal here with what the female would do if they were just to remove certain aspects of their hormonal modification so they could look at just including the progesterone pill to some extent 
dropping out the estrogen, trying to change the conversion slightly so that they go into a lower estrogen environment to help aid in that additional body fat loss towards the end. Um, but again, you know, there's lots of manipulations and changes you can make here that are not always applicable to every person. And sometimes that can make your look worse. That's always something to factor in and consider in. It's not always a baseline. Yes, pulling the estrogen down will probably help you remove a little bit more body fat, but it might change the disparity of fluid held in space. Estrogen also drives a hypertrophic signal with skeletal tissue as well. So there's a lot of other factors to consider there in and around it. But it is not uncommon practice to manipulate that birth control as you run into comp to kind of elicit a kind of look. I think it's also worth, worth noting the hormonal contraceptions how, can have a range of other potential side effects, which is including mood changes, headaches, and decreased libido, um, which are other considered factors. When you are in a preparation, you are going to have those exact same um, potential side effects, be it from contraception or not. And so it's something to make sure you discuss with your coach in detail on what you're doing, when you're doing, and how you're doing. And I think, as George did just state too, that when comp preparations, that some women might choose to cycle off their contraception while on comp prep. Um, but as we know, unless you're a first-time competitor, comp prep is a physically and mentally challenging task, okay? So, you know, be sure to discuss this properly with your coach. Um, but however, the, the benefits of contraception in terms of family planning and reproductive health typically um, outweigh these risks for most women. Um Anything else for you, George? At the moment, I think that's you've you've nailed that in that last little section, mate. You 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 smashed it. <laughs> I think uh, I think we've kind of covered most of the birth control cop topic there. Without, I mean, if you start going running for the differences between generations and the increased health risks. I don't think it's really a relevant topic of conversation. The conclusion on that is just to go go and when you speak to your doctor, talk to them about the the necessary risks applied with what specific generation of birth control it is do your own research to try and find what which one sounds most appropriate for you or one that you'd like to choose and obviously have that conversation with your doctor remember that the baseline replacement doesn't always dictate an accurate replacement for you as a genetically unique individual and thus always follow up with blood work with your doctor when using any kind of hormonal modifications to double check that the levels you're getting are respective to where they actually need to be take a good note on your anecdotal feedback take a good note on changes in your menstrual cycle regulation mood how you feel libido changes in vaginal mucus the whole works keep an eye on everything keep track of all that data because it will help a you know an actual endocrinologist or someone who's helping you with the birth control whether it's your gp or whoever it is formulate better decisions moving forwards with that information it might mean no changes at all it might mean all good but just give that all that relevant information Lovely. Right. While, while, while hormonal contraception can increase estrogen levels in the body, the specific effects on physique competitors are relatively minor. Now, we always talk about the, the 1%. Uh, however, I think it's important for women to be aware of the potential impacts on water retention and weight gain, particularly when choosing a specific method of contraception. Um, so look, as always, like we are not medical professionals. We're simply giving us some advice for you guys to think about. So as always, it's important to consult with a healthcare uh, provider to determine the best contraceptive options for yourself. So I think cracker of a podcast. We've made it nice, short and sweet for you guys. We've received your feedback. Some of our podcasts have been too long. So wrap this up, legends. We want you to thank you for listening to us. We really appreciate your support. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to discuss, slide in our DMs or if you're on YouTube, comment below. But guys, like always, please like subscribe, share, comment. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Shane. That's George. We're keeping it real here, talking about real shit. Until next time, peace.